It's time for Green and Gold Insiders on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Packers Insiders, we are joined by ESPN Milwaukee's Brad Nortman. Brad, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. This is great. I want to start with a question that's not related to these Packers because I've been thinking about talking to you all day and we never rarely get a professional athlete in here. What's it like to be the guy on the field in the center of the action? The whole world is looking at you. It's Monday night football. It's Sunday night football. You're the guy there. You're getting ready to punt the ball away. What's that feeling like for a guy that will never experience that? Well, it's equal parts thrilling and horrifying, uh, to be quite <laughs> honest. You know, it, it, it's one of the rare positions on the football field where really the spotlight is on you, yep. where all, all the eyeballs are on you. And, you know, it's really you, the quarterback, the kicker. Um, if you play left guard or free safety, you know, even, even if you make a mistake, you might get lost in the shuffle of everything that your coaches and teammates <laughs> might know, but the fans certainly won't. So um, I, I tried to just take it as a badge of honor, right, of something where, you know what, all eyes on me. That just gives me even more excitement to go out there and do my craft. But I had to. you have to get over it because, honestly, too, from being a punter, you're 14 li- yards behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. So you feel a bit isolated yeah. back there. And that, that feeling and that weight of, you know, you know, getting out there, getting the line up before the snap, it does feel like an eternity. Like, can we just snap this ball and do this? There's thing? nowhere to hide. No, there's not. Not at all. So, so you're wearing a Jacksonville Jaguars shirt today. Yeah. You punted for the Jaguars, but you started your career with the Carolina Panthers, drafted out of Wisconsin. That's right, drafted as a punter, which is not terribly <laughs> That's common. That's pretty cool. Just how good you were. But, all right, take what John said, his question, now apply that to a Super Bowl. Right, because you've got that experience as well, right, on the biggest of all stages. Is that different? It, it is different. And, you know, when I when I went to Wisconsin from Brookfield Central, um, yeah. you know, from Brookfield Central, my like you, Lancer over here, Darn right. um, I had to really hone my craft, and physically but mentally too, because there is that feeling of you can make this too big in your head and then you're not allowed to let your body do what it does. So uh, I had to take that up to a next level than in the NFL, right? Because you go to the NFL, it really is a dream come true, but you can't treat it as a dream come true because it, it becomes too big and becomes too yeah. scary. So you have to normalize it. So all of my first couple of years was just normalizing the NFL experience, right? So that my daily rhythms and routines, whether it be any given day or throughout the week, it all looks the same, right? So that on game day, you just go out there, do your thing. It all looks familiar and comfortable and easy. And you go out there and relax and just let your body do what it does. But the Super Bowl week, nothing's normal. And nothing is <laughs> – your routine is completely thrown off. And, and you get to the point where you lose those nerves. You know, like the first couple games, you're really nervous and you're, you're a rookie year. But then year two, year three, you're like, I've done this. I can, I can handle it. I'm okay. But – those nerves came back with a vengeance on Super Bowl Sunday, and not only does the routine of the week get thrown off, but you know you're going out there, and there's you know five times the amount of people on the field between photographers and media people, and Lady Gaga singing the national anthem, and <laughs> and the way our Super Bowl went. So I was playing for the Panthers, we were playing the Peyton La- Peyton Manning led Broncos, and we kick off to them. They go right down the field and score a touchdown. Okay, we get the ball, yep. three and out. It's just like, okay, here, here we, we go. go. I guess we're just going to do this <laughs> yeah. now. And so I had a routine that I would like tell myself, and I'd walk out on the field and do all the same thing. I remember standing back there and all of a sudden just getting a little lightheaded. And I feel like a little bit of tunnel vision before that first wow. punt because it was very real nerves coming back, nerves that I hadn't felt in a couple of years. And so I'll admit the first punt's a little bit foggy in my head of just, um, thank goodness the body just did what it does, and it was a good punt. It was like 47 yards, fair catch, so it was good. But there was a feeling of like, um, can we just get this ball snapped because I might pass out back here. Do you have a favorite, <laughs> you have a favorite teammate? 
Uh, I there. Gosh, I have so many good teammates, but I'll give you two, and they were the kicker and long snapper on the Panthers with me for for three years. Uh, well, four actually. Uh, Graham Gano, JJ Jansen. Graham kicks for the Giants now. Yeah, and JJ still uh, snaps for the the Panthers. Just great guys. We we formed a really unique bond, a lifelong friendship that I still text those guys and talk to them. So they're they were a lot of fun. JJ more he was an accounting major at Notre Dame, so he's kind of like <laughs> I, I could I could equal parts connect with both of them. So like he's analytical yeah. and, and down to earth and routine oriented. Sounds like me, but then Graham the kicker at Florida State, so he was just like loose and funny <laughs> and like just jovial and uh, always joking. And that's another part of me too. So we had a really great team. We called ourselves the Bomb Squad. And um, we uh, we still every once in a while text each other like bomb squad. Oh, that's cool. All right. So did you ever get to throw a pass? Number one and number two. How often are fakes put in, or is it just one you put in in training camp, and then maybe you practice it once every few weeks, or are there different fakes brought in, different plays? Like, how does that work? And, and did you ever have that ball in your hand where you could throw it? Yeah, that's a great question. The answer is yes. And I, I am one for one in the NFL. Yes, 29, yes, one go. for one, 29 yards, first down. Nice. I think that makes for a perfect passer rating. It does, yes, not it mistaken. Does. I think so. <laughs> so that was, we schemed, um, I was playing for the Pan- or the Jaguars, excuse me, we, we were playing the Colts, and we schemed them that every time we crossed the 50 and got into more pooch-punt range, what they would do is they would bring all eight guys in the line of scrimmage full block, right? No no safety, no nothing. And then they would just have the gunners on the outside try to lock down um, our guys on the outside. So it was very much isolated, and they just figured we're just going to go all out. There's really no opportunity for return, so we're just going to go for a block. Well... There was a couple of times that another team had a guy release early, and there was nobody clearly that was guarding him. And the way that the the punt formation is lined up is that the wings are eligible receivers. So we had a tight end as one of the wings, and we... um, uh, we schemed that yeah, I would just catch it. I would start to my mold a little bit. Our tight end would flail out, uh-huh. and I would just give him a little pass over the line of scrimmage. <laughs> now... I'm, I am 15 <laughs> yards back, and so I make the pass about 12 yards back, and he's about 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Thankfully, it was a wide-open field, and it was it was still a pretty sharp pass. That's a pass. long toss. Yeah, it, it was is. about a 20-yard toss, but it was an open field, went right to him, and he caught it. He ran. All he had to do was make the returner miss, and the returner tackled him. Oh, so it was so close. Oh, almost and a touchdown. Yeah, and it was like he tried, like, threw a juke, but it, he was he was a good tight end, but, like, didn't have it in him. And I was just like, <laughs> man, just one guy, one guy from a touchdown pass. So great, uh, great memory there. And to answer your question, how often are fakes put in, it depends on the special teams coach, right? There are times when you see something very specifically and you scheme something for that team. That was the um, situation with with playing the Colts. And even when I played for the Badgers, that Iowa fake, right? We schemed mm. that against them, mm-hmm. that they would they were fully returned. They would turn their backs before you even punt the ball. Mm-hmm. So if you do a, a, a quick fake, as if you're molding the ball and about to drop it and run, their backs are turned to you. You're literally all running in the same direction. Um, but then there were some coaches, for, for instance, for Carolina, we had a fake in every week. Now, we never actually ran one, but always you had one yeah. in your back pocket when you needed it. All right, let's ask you a Packer question or two. I love talking about your career. Brad Nortman is with us on WTMJ. As you sit and look at the Packers where they are right now, are you worried about the Packers? Are they where you expected they would be? What's your evaluation 
about a third of the way into the season. Well, it's been a roller coaster year for sure. And I was pretty encouraged by the team that I saw take the field in preseason and week one against the Bears in those early games against the Falcons and the Saints. There was moments of greatness. There was moments of extreme challenge. And you're going to get that with a young team like they are. I, I thought uh, you know before the season we were going to get seven or eight wins uh, when they beat the Bears and looked pretty good and were two and one. I thought, well, maybe there's a chance you get to 10 and make the playoffs. Now I'm revising those back down again, and we're all experiencing the roller coaster ride that they're on. But with so much youth, it's just it's so hard to enter this league and be dominant at a at a young age, and and that's why maybe I thought they would try to retain some of their veterans to almost allow it a teaching environment. And yeah. clearly, the Packers figured that it's best to just get these guys reps and not let let any reps be wasted and get them on the field. So I, I think this is the understanding of how the year would be. And I think as, as Packer fans now, we can look at it and say, this should be our level of expectation. And, you know, we're going we're gonna to have series that look awesome yeah. and series that look absolutely terrible. So for now, they, they are matching my expectations. Well, it's not a shock. Real quick, the most consistent performer has been the punter. Yeah. yeah. And second line's been the kicker. Both there rookies. you go. I love it. Easy to root for. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Brad Nortman, ESPN Milwaukee. Check him out. Afternoons over there. This has been so fun, Brad. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Thank you. Appreciate you having me on.